Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another Pittsburgh Steelers postgame show. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always for the postgame show, Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, and the Pittsburgh Steelers win. It was not pretty. No one would say it was pretty. It was uh, rather ugly. I am really struggling to wrap my head around this game 26-21, final score at Hinesfield, no fans. That was awful. Can't stand it. I, I hated it every part of it. And it's not anything to do with coronavirus. It just is the atmosphere. It's just, it's just not the same. But with that being said, Brian Anthony Davis, welcome to the show. How's it going? Is it 2 a.m. somewhere? Because <laughs> that's the way it feels, my friend. But surviving, not thriving, I'll take it. Dave Schofield, what's up? Hoy. <laughs> Yes. And double yoy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a game that you you kept waiting for that moment that they were going to put it away and bury it. And Jeff jumped the gun when he thought it was over. Um, at one point, I'm like, I still didn't even trust it on the on the fourth down stop because they had yeah. three timeouts left. But it was like, whoo, they make us breathe way, you know, never get to breathe easy on those. But uh, we'll get into it. I've always said that the Steelers are going to kill me one day. I'm not sure when, but not today, Satan, not today. But I think you can all agree that there was, if you're like me, like we've seen this movie play out way too many times. Like we've seen this and to me, this would have been, I mean, go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss. Brian, what year was that? When Mike Lennon came back and oh, 2014, it would have been close to that in terms of an epic collapse. You have, you have the game, you have a stranglehold on the game. You just, you knocked their quarterback out in the first quarter and you're sitting there thinking, shoot, 
this is this is easy. This is right where we want them, and still, that's what happens. Isaac, real quick, puts five bucks in the tip jar and says, when are they going to stop giving us heart attacks? Isaac, that's a great question, and I think for a lot of people, we, <laughs> we're all hoping that there's going to be a couple of these games where they just put them away. I can't. I have to go back to the Carolina Panthers Thursday night uh, win a couple years ago when I felt like, well, They've got this one in the bag. You can kind of sit back and just watch the game and enjoy it. They just don't have a lot of those, and we're going to break it down each and every way possible here in the post show. For all those that are joining us live on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you all jumping in and joining in the fray. Um, there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of people that have issues with things that might have happened. Guys, knee-jerk reaction time. Brian, what's your knee-jerk reaction after this win in week two? Dumb penalties, and the secondary is starting to scare me. Okay. Dave Schofield, what's up? As I've said before, when given the chance, the NFL will take a chance, will always take the opportunity, whether it be through replay or officials, to keep games that could get out of hand close. And they did it again today. Wow. Wow. Oh, he's going full on the NFL once close games. All right. And you know, and I know I, I, for me, my head official is, is from Baltimore. Pit. Go ahead. The the head official Ooh. is from Baltimore. <laughs> wow. Oh boy, we're getting we are getting is that it? Is that a tinfoil hat I see behind you, Dave, somewhere? No, I got just joking. <laughs> he's, going, he's going for it. Yeah. My knee-jerk reaction is I still feel this way. If the Steelers can get out of their own way, I don't think there's many teams in the league that can beat them. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the Ben Roethlisberger interception, where even in that instance, if if he just throws the ball away, they're going to force the, the Broncos to drive the length of the field. And at that time, they were not going to do that. If you think about that awful, I mean, they get a safety. In the first play from scrimmage, Benny Snell coughs it up. His second fumble in the second game. We'll talk about that. But those situations... Are just killing, and then let's not even start about these untimely penalties. Whether it's the pass interference calls against Joe Hayden again on third down, Minka Fitzpatrick had a pass interference call against him. It's becoming a recurring theme now. I think a lot of people are saying, "Hey, it's still only week two. They're still kind of ironing out the kinks." Maybe that's the case, but I tell you what, they better get it straight quick because uh, it's only going to get harder and more difficult as the season progresses. Sean Manahan. It's $2 in the tip jar. So Steelers, Steelers during cower days were always the same. Relax. I, Yeah, it's easy to say relax. I can't relax. I'm still amped up. I'm still waiting for the Steelers to somehow blow that game. <laughs> and thankfully, Terrell Edmonds can at least tackle a quarterback. He can't put his hands on a ball. Michael Toole puts $1.99 in the tip jar. says poorly called game by Feetner and the refs. Okay. I'm trying to keep this thing organized and, and keep it away from just nothing but rants. But let's start off talking about play calling. I just want to get to this before we get to grades and positions in the, in the box score. Let's just talk about this. Now he brought Michael brought it up. Randy Feetner's play calling. Dave, we'll start with you. What are you, what are you giving a grade? Let's give it a grade. We'll start our grades with that. How are you grading Randy Feetner's play calling? And has it improved at all from the 2019 Randy land that we all love to hate? I, I'm going to have to go back and reevaluate this one because I can give you the knee jerk, but I I don't know that I have a, 
I watch this game so differently because every offensive play, I watched the play, didn't hear the breakdown, rewound it real quick just to specifically watch Kevin Dotson. That's what I did the whole game. So I was so focused on that that sometimes I didn't question the play calling. I actually thought that first drive, starting with the jet sweep, if you're going to run it but try to do something different, was a, was a, was a – I liked that call. Hated the execution. So sometimes I'm just like, was it really the play call or was it the Steelers execution at times? It just, Mike Tomlin says it all the time. You're going to be putting it together as the season moves on. The thing is, can you win along the way? And that's what they did. So I don't know that I'm ready to crucify Randy Feigner on the play calls this week, but I'm going to have to watch this one again and try to try to get a better idea for that one. It was definitely a weird game. Just a lot of ebb and flow. Brian, what are Mm -hmm. your thoughts? You know, I am never going to uh, spend my vacation at Randy Land, but <laughs> let me tell you this. I really did not take too much exception to the play calling. So if I have to give it a grade, I'll give it a, a B minus, a C plus. I didn't think it was anything terrible, but, you know, and I never give them credit, but I really didn't think it was that bad. Okay. I didn't actually give a grade. Go ahead, Dave. I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I'll go a bad and I'll say B minus. Very good. So Snowman puts $5 in the tip jar. Said, nice big run by James Conner at the end of the game. Go Steelers. I feel like the the Steelers play calling this year, and it, it's it's natural to happen whether there's you know a normal season or not. And this is anything but a normal season due to the offseason and what the conditions that's going on. But I think that the Steelers are just trying to find some type of rhythm, some type of balance, and, and it's taking them a long time. The Steelers, I felt, abandoned the run way too early in this game. And this game epitomizes why I felt that the Steelers would be best suited to kind of go with the hot hand at running back. And last week, if you said that leading up to this week, you were ridiculed. And they said, James Conner's awful. He's injury prone. He can't, he can't do anything. Benny Snell's the guy. Well, you saw today that you you're better if you have both available. Okay. So that's just, you're better if you have both. It doesn't mean that one is going to start over the other, that not, not, not like starts means anything in the National Football League anyways. It just means you're on the field for the first play. You know, you, you could have a start and then be pulled off and not play another snap. For, it doesn't mean it means absolutely nothing. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get to the stats here. Dive into the box score. Um, let's start off offensively. Ben Roethlisberger, 29 of 41, 311 yards, 7.6 average, two touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked one time with a 98.7 rating. Gentlemen, you know what to do here. Grading Ben Roethlisberger. Brian, we'll start with you. What grade are you giving Big Ben? I've got to give him a B. Okay. That interception was was weird. I mean, it, it wasn't right. That was a poor decision on that throw. Um, the only thing that is bothering me about Ben is, you know, continuing to, on third down, throwing short of the sticks, with having guys that aren't going to get to the sticks, like with Ebron in that situation. Um, I I would like him to uh, maybe throw past the sticks if he can. That's not always possible. Ben throwing deep looked amazing. When it came down to it, Ben was Ben, and uh, he got it done. But I'm still going to give him a B. Well, to just to say something real quick, Brian, I mean, the receivers have to run to the sticks. I mean, if, if it's yeah, a third I, and eight and if, if it's a third and eight and they're, they're supposed to run an eight yard out and he throws it, I mean, he's trusting that the receiver is going to get that depth. But so, I think that's a design too, though. To, to run it short. Yeah. They, they, they throw it short a lot and, and have the receiver go get it. 
So it's okay. not. Well, you also got to remember that that's where the defense is defending. Yeah, they're, they're, defending, they're, they're defending the sticks. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you, are you guys challenging me? No, I'm just saying there's a lot that goes into it. I, I get yeah. it. But I mean, yeah. this I've seen this. I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Well, and I don't yeah. know if they have. Uh, they were able to get away with it with uh, with Gummy Richards in the past. But with an Ebron, which we saw, we saw it short a couple times when they had it, when they had those fourth down plays. All right, real quick before we throw it to Dave Schofield, uh, Eamon puts four ninety nine in the tip jar. Says Mapletron. Obviously, he's talking about Chase Claypool. We will certainly be getting to him soon. But wanted to mention that, Dave. Go ahead, Big Ben. What grade are you giving him? I am going to. I'm going to go B plus. Um, I thought he did a good job. I thought he was fairly accurate, except with the exception of two throws. One that was an interception and another one that should have been. Luckily, yeah. it didn't happen, and the Steelers ended up still getting a touchdown there. Uh, loved what I saw. Loved that they took the shot right after the, the punt gets called back. Loved yeah. that they took that shot um, and that they executed that. That There was a lot to like there. Honestly, this isn't Ben's fault, but something I don't like. I don't like a game like this that Ben's got to chuck it 41 times. Not not a fan of that. I I really would like to keep it to, you know, thirty five attempts at most. But uh, he made the most of it. He went over seventy percent completion percentage. So, uh, so so he did all right there. Forty one throws to twenty two uh, runs in this game. I would have if we would have talked about this on the preview. I would have said I predicted something maybe. Maybe not to that extent, but I knew they were going to throw more than they were going to run just based on the fact that with, with Bouye not there, the Denver's front seven is the strength of their team. I definitely thought it was going to be tough sledding to run. I thought they were going to throw it more. I actually, if I'm giving Ben a grade, I'm going to give him a B plus like Dave did, and that's not to piggyback what he said, but more along the lines, I thought Ben took what, what the defense gave him. He was not trying to force the ball, but at the same time, I feel like Roethlisberger is still leaving some plays out there. And he's he's still knocking off the bus, folks. This is something we talked about way back in February when Roethlisberger threw on February 21st, the very first pass that the Steelers put out on social media and everyone started freaking out. And that was, at what point are you going to say, okay, Ben should be back and Ben should be Ben? Well, some said it was before games. Some said eight games. Some said one game. I mean, here we are two games in. I think he looks better than I thought he would coming off that elbow surgery. But you saw the pass that went behind Deontay Johnson. Uh, through through a I think a couple that sailed on him probably a little bit. He's still getting getting things finely tuned, but ultimately I'll give him a B plus. Let's go. Um, Snowman puts two dollars in the tip jars as well. What's up with the short throws? I don't know. I, I want to know what's up with the batted passes. That's what I, he's he's been getting. All right, so. Here we go. Let's go on to the running game. James Conner, 16 carries for 106. His long was a 59-yarder, which was at the end that kind of sealed the win. Benny Snell, three carries, five yards, 1.7, and a fumble lost. Ben Roethlisberger, three rushes for minus two, thanks to the victory formation. Gentlemen, let's talk about James Conner in the running game. What grade are you giving Conner? Dave, we'll start with you this time. All right. That's tough because so much of what he did was – one on one play, but I thought he ran hard. Mm-hmm. I thought he ran, you know, when he was given the opportunity, I mean, 16 rushes was all it was. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him an a minus. And I don't know that it's anything that he did wrong. It's just kind of how, how it went. It's not like, 
you know, I, I don't want to let that one play just stand with everything, if you know what I mean. I agree. Brian, what about you? Dave's absolutely right, but I'm going to go with a different grade. I will go ahead and give him a C plus C plus. Uh, I mean, you can't deny that 59 yard run. That was fantastic. And that was a, uh, that was a game sealer. It, it really was. Um, the touchdown was great too. He looked like he, he was running well, but then at the beginning of the game, it looked like he was going to be fine. And then a lot of the runs, I mean, they had a 1.9 average at one point before he, he reeled off that uh, that big run. So you know, a C, a C or C plus, whatever I gave him, it might be a little bit generous too. I'm going to go with the C, and my biggest reason is is, and this is something Jeffrey Benedict has covered almost ad nauseum on the website. Connor runs well with a fullback. He runs well with a fullback, whether it was Roosevelt next before Watt, but now Watt. They're not using Watt in these situations at all. Now, he also said that Benny Snell might not be as good with a fullback. He's more of a guy that needs to kind of pick his own spot. But James Conner is a line him up. And if you notice, at the end of the game, they were using Watt. And that's when they were able able to rattle off some runs. I get that you don't want to be predictable. You know, Derek Watt goes on the field and you're thinking, up here comes a run. I understand that. Derek Watt's also athletic enough to be able to be utilized more than just as a blocker. But my goodness, this is one of those situations where I find it extremely frustrating with the Steelers and, and the Steelers offense when you see a player like Connor who is so good in certain situations and yet they just seem to refuse to want to utilize him that way. So I'll give it a C. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's go down to the receiving core here. Find it here. There we go. The receiving core. Deontay Johnson led the core with eight receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. His long was 28. That was on 13 targets. Chase Claypool, three receptions for 88 yards. 84 of those came on that touchdown pass. Juju Smith-Schuster had seven for 48 on eight targets. Eric Ebron, three for 43 on five targets. James Washington, three for 22. And that was on five targets. So five different Steelers receivers had three or more catches on the day, gentlemen, grading the whole wide receiving core. What grades are you giving them? Brian, we'll start with you. Hey, I thought they uh, they kept the Steelers in the game. Juju was uh, getting some balls early. They started focusing on Juju. Then you've got Deontay, the big ball to Claypool. You know, really, they can kill you so many ways. Ebron had a couple uh, uh, couple good catches as well. So, you know, I mean, that, that unit's doing what it's supposed to be doing. What about you, Dave? I'm going to say A- minus because the Steelers could have really put that game away more if Deontay Johnson comes up with that third down catch. Yes, it was a little bit behind him, but he still could have caught that. You know, that's the thing. When you're running with the short passes and everything else, you can't afford to have a missed throw or or a drop pass or anything like that. If that's the style you're going to go, you've got to you've got to execute every play. I'm going to go with a B, just a solid B. I, I feel like, you know, I mean, 
some of the plays like that that play that hit off Benny Snell and Juju ends up catching it goes down as a reception. I mean, it's yeah. one of those just weird plays. Um, I, I they have so many weapons, and you have to ask yourself why aren't they getting Claypool on the field more? You know, I mean, in my opinion, if he's proven anything, it's that if he and James Washington were kind of splitting time, I don't I don't think anyone would be complaining. He brings a level of athleticism, size, speed that James Washington just does not have. And you can talk about grandpa strength. That's great. And he makes plays. But at the same time, when you've got this young kid, he's kind of like a thoroughbred. You've got to let him run. You've got to let him run. And so I'm going to say, you know, it's a, a good game. I feel like it could have been a little bit better. So, all right, let's flip this script and let's go over to the defensive side of things. Uh, the Steelers defense had seven sacks on the game, 11 tackles for loss and a whopping 19 quarterback hits. There was a point where I thought, holy cow, they're going to kill this guy. <laughs> they're going to get Driscoll killed. But nonetheless, um, let's talk about the front first. The front seven, we'll do it this way. Uh, you had, you know, TJ Watt had two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss. Bud Dupree, he did have a sack. Uh, kind of a mundane game for him. He did three quarterback hits, though. Cameron Hayward, a half a sack, a tackle for loss, four quarterback hits. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, wow, he didn't even have a sack, but he had three quarter, didn't even have a tackle, but three quarterback hits. Uh, Tyson Aluwalu, he registered a sack. Um, what do you guys think about the front seven? Uh, Dave, we'll go with you first. I thought the front seven did a fantastic job because. It, it doesn't didn't matter who they went after. I mean, most of the time. Then there were some times where they got kind of gashed on the run. But remember, a lot of times what you're supposed to do on the run is a lot of the guys up front, you don't always have to stuff it yourself. You need to make sure guys aren't getting off to block linebackers. They did have some problems at times with that, but Denver was doing a nice job as well. So it comes in there. Um so I don't know that they definitely weren't as dominant as they were on Monday, but it wasn't like they had this big drop off and that they were a, a really big problem. What about you, Brian? I kind of thought they were phenomenal. Um, once again, if a, you know, at the beginning of the game, you're like, here we go with bud again, bud's going after it. And then all of a sudden you've got two and a half from TJ Watt on the other side. They're going to kill you from any side like the receivers there, there's so many options to kill you. You know, the Javon Hargrave, uh, you know, departure is almost feeling completely negated with what you're getting from Tyson. Alawalu. I thought, uh, Vince Williams, uh, you know, looked pretty solid in there with some huge plays. Um, the only thing that, uh, they had a problem with is against the pass with uh, Devin Bush had some problems, um, you know, covering the tight end. And uh, Noah Fant had his way with them here and there, but that that's the strength of your team right there, right now, especially on defense. They are carrying the mail. It's the front seven. They're definitely getting after the quarterback, but Dave, you might be able to know this number um, off the top of your head. I, if I recall, they did not in 2019, they didn't blitz a lot. Did they in terms of overall percentage? I mean, I don't remember I don't it being remember. as high as it is right now. No, it, it's funny because there was even times last year where people commented about how Mike Hilton wasn't blitzing as much as he had been in the past. Um, it kind of went from week to week. You know yeah. what I mean? It was kind of – they didn't stick with the same thing all the time. 
So it seems to me like they're they're selling out almost every pass play. Like they're sending extra players every single pass. And maybe it's because in the first two weeks they're preparing for young quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, turns out to be Driscoll, that they're thinking we're just going to send more than they can block and we're just going to try to rattle this guy. And so I'll be curious in week three what they do with Deshaun Watson coming to town because he's a guy that you don't necessarily want to have to do that. He's athletic. He can run. We all know what that's going to be like for the Steelers as they have to play Lamar Jackson twice a year. But I will say this. I thought that the defensive front played well. They got a lot of penetration, and they were definitely all around the quarterback but this lends to, and I'll give them a, I'll give them an A, by the way, an A. But the secondary, though, mm, this is a different story. The secondary, we're talking about the fact that Driscoll, yes, Jeff Driscoll, throws throws for 256 yards, 18 to 34. So not mind-boggling stats, but throws for two touchdowns, one interception, which was a tip pass that Joe Hayden brings down. Guys, what do you think about this secondary? Because this is two weeks in a row now. They, they've kind of been, I'm not going to say exposed, but they, they definitely have shown some cracks in the armor. Brian, we'll start with you. Right now, I think Mike Hilton is right now the superstar of the secondary. Um, he might get a sack every week, by the way. He might come, he might tie uh, Debo's record with 16 sacks <laughs> with, with uh, if he keeps doing this. Um, there's other plays that I thought Hilton was phenomenal. Um, yeah, they are. And uh, you calmed me down a little bit on it. And somebody mentioned in the uh, live chat earlier, all right, you're overreacting. But no, this is the second week in a row that we were not completely impressed with the secondary. They got bailed out. They bailed themselves out. But remember that 19 uh, play drive last week against the Giants? They got bailed out with a, with a fluke interception. I mean, because they, they threw that duck up there. Yeah. And uh, Cam brought it back down. Um, I thought there were more times than not that I was not complaining about, about the pass interference penalties because I thought most of them, they committed. I thought most of them were egregious. There was maybe one or two that I didn't like, but there were way too many. They, uh, they bailed out Denver so much as far as a secondary, I don't think that I'm not completely worried, but at the beginning of the show, I said, I'm starting to worry a little bit because this is two weeks in a row. You knew they were going to sell out to uh, go after Saquon Barkley and I, uh, and keep him and, and keep him at bay, which they did. That's going to put your secondary on an Island. Now this week, Melvin Gordon's good, but he has no way is he Saquon Barkley. So, with that, they did some things that I wasn't impressed with. Once again, I'm going to give him props for bailing them out with a sack at the end. Terrell Edmonds had a huge play, a game-winning play with that sack. However, is that the scheme? Because when he's in pass defense, he's becoming a li- pretty much a liability in my mind. And I've always been on his bandwagon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to disagree with you there. Tom puts $5 in the tip jar says Deontay Johnson has to stop putting the ball on the ground. Defense has to stop hurting themselves with penalties. There you go. Dave, what are your thoughts on the secondary? My thoughts were as this game was going on with every time they went to pass the ball, I was either waiting for the completion or as soon or waiting for the five to eight seconds after the play to wait for him to throw a flag. Yeah. 
And sometimes it might have been deserved, and a lot of times it wasn't. And it was just one of those things that's that, um, like towards the end of the game on that third and two, I'm just like, um, and then the fourth and two, I'm just they, they were going to pass it twice. I'm, when they went to fourth down, like I hope they sack them right before the play. I said to myself, I hope they get a sack because chances are, if they if if, if it goes incomplete, they're going to throw a flag. And luckily they got the sack. It just seemed like they couldn't do anything right. And some of the times I thought they had some good coverage and it just, just wasn't all coming together. So I think it's something that could continue to come together. Um, and they might be, have a completely different game plan next week to, to look for, but they, they, they finished up with a W that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I'm going to give the secondary a C. I'm going to give them a bailout a little bit based on the fact that I thought some of those calls were pretty bogus. Yeah. Uh, the one in particular, I think it was Devin Bush was in coverage on Vanette and didn't even, he didn't even touch him no. and they threw the flag and some of them were just really late. The timing of it makes it suspect, but Hey, we're fans. We get it. The Steelers do win. That's the ultimate thing here. I mean, we are sitting here complaining. The Steelers are two and zero. do we have to remember last season? I mean, <laughs> the, the first four games is one and three. The only game you win is a Monday nighter against the Bengals um, and, and where they were. And I think someone in the live chat said, you know, that look at the Broncos. They could be two and oh, and instead they're they're oh and two. And okay. they're going to be staring up in a very tough AFC West this year. And so for me, the Steelers are two and oh, the Ravens are playing as this is being recorded. So we'll see how that goes. But the Steelers are setting the pace in the division. That's important. That's really important. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers now move on and they host the Texans next week. Gentlemen, I want to get some angles from you all. Let's let's talk about like some winners and losers. I want to know which players you were impressed with today and players that you were ugh, definitely not so much impressed with. Because this game, I, I'm sorry, I'm still trying. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. There were parts of the game where I'm like, yeah, this guy is a winner. And then you're like, no, he's not. Definitely not putting him in the winner column on this in this week. So, Dave, we'll start with you. Give me a, give me a player who you would put on your loser list. Let's start with the negative oh, first and finish with on. the pod. Okay, uh, my loser list. I was all ready to like, oh, I'll give my winner, and then I'll have time to think about my loser. <laughs> no, um, loser list first. Loser, loser got to go Benny Snell. I mean, he only got okay. three rushes, and he put one of them on the ground. I mean, you're not going to make an argument for more carries when in two games you put it on the ground twice. You know, that's a that's 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 a loser after his his performance last week. Okay. Brian Anthony Davis. I was going Benny Snell Jr. Um, it's very easy for me to go Terrell Edmonds here. I have another guy in mind that uh, you know, had a lot of tackles and looked pretty good, but uh I'm still going Terrell Edmonds. Okay. I mean, you just think that Edmonds is getting beaten coverage? Oh, he he's too much of a cushion. He's uh I you know what I sure he could have all the tackles he wants, but that's after he gives up a completion. I think he plays too loose. He's not playing consistent. And I mean, I love what he did to win the game. But who else on defense can I put on a loser list besides one more player? <laughs> Sean Manahan puts two dollars in the tip jar. Says Jeff Hardman's the new hater. I don't know where <laughs> that's coming from. I mean, <laughs> well, I thought I was going to get nailed with it because I'm mm -hmm. Mr. Optimism is 
being a pessimist today, yeah. and I know it. I'm really struggling here to think of just a straight up loser because obviously Snell's an obvious answer. Yeah. And Edmonds could be an obvious answer. I didn't think I mean, he was as bad. You honestly. didn't think so? No. That's what people were making him out to be. I, I'm kind of uh, the secondary is where I, I merely point to. I mean, you think about like the offensive line didn't play poorly. They only gave up one sack, and that's with the right side of Chuksa Korfor and Kevin Dotson. I'm gonna I'm putting Kevin Dotson in the winner column. I knew you would take that from me. <laughs> I only talked about I only talked about rewinding every offensive play to, to critique what he did every time. Well, go ahead and talk about him. You go ahead and talk about him. You know more than I do. Well, you can um, finish your loser. I, I don't want to put him in the loser category, mm. but what's up with Minka Fitzpatrick? Mm. Where's he been? I mean, I, I mean, other than making a, a, a tackle 20 yards down the field, and I understand his position, but I don't know. I'm not saying the spark's gone, but where's Minka Fitzpatrick? I'm not saying, Brian, you got you agree with me, disagree with me? Am I off my rocker or what? He is not, you know, if you ended the season today, he's not gonna be, going to be an all-pro, I will tell you no. that. I still don't think they're going his way as much, so I'm going to cut him some slack um, you know, Hayden was a little more suspect than, than what, uh, and he had an interception, but, uh, he was a little more suspect than Minka, but I could see your frustration with Minka. I, I, he was called for a penalty today and I, I don't know. It's just, I'm not a, you cannot expect Minka Fitzpatrick to do what he did last season, every single game. Like I'm not that type of fan. That's like, well, last year he was doing X, Y, and Z and that's what they should do. No, it's just not the game of football. And a lot of people are saying, well, they're not throwing it at him more. Um, okay. I, I guess I'm just waiting for him to become the transcendent player that I hoped he would become. You know, you think about Troy Palomalu and I know that's a different position. I'm not an idiot, but at the same time I think about him and I think, okay, some safeties look at Ed Reed. You don't think they tried to avoid Ed Reed every single game for crying out loud. Tom Brady wrote it on his wristband. Always know where 20 is whenever they played the Ravens. I mean, I'm not saying he's done or anything like that, but it's just a question, but go, let's go to the winners. Yeah. Dave, go ahead and talk about Kevin Dotson. It's the second, second game as a professional oh his first start. I thought he played well. And he missed time in training camp and he came out there and I was just constantly, you know, rewinding that play, see what he was doing. See what he was doing. I mean, He's coming through the line on the run plays. He's and he's getting to the next level. And when when Ben rolled out for that touchdown to Deontay Johnson, he saw Ben come out. And he, I'm glad Ben threw it when he did because Dotson was about ready to be too far downfield. He was still past the sticks, but he was ready to roll and get out in front of Ben for Ben to run. Um, the, on that shuffle pass on fourth down to, to to Juju, he makes a great block. The entire you know both him and Chooks together, I thought did great. Um, kept wanting to, to trying to keep my eye on them as much as I could, but I didn't want to just miss out on all the action. That's why I kept rewinding. But I mean, there was at least one time I know his guy batted the ball down, but that's because that's because he got his hands on him and punched him back and couldn't let him get a pass rush. And therefore there was some separation there where he could go up and, and hit the ball. So I, I thought Dodson played outstanding. I think Steeler fans should be very encouraged about the future of the offensive line based on his play today. And it wasn't like he was going up against a slouch because it was, you know, it was Jarrell Casey a lot of the time. So, I mean, basically on the pass rush, they stopped. I think it was Jeffrey Benedict that that had pointed this out when, when we were 
talking during the game was that they basically stopped sending a guy in his direction because no one was getting past him. And a lot of times he he didn't have anyone to block on on the pass rush. He had a fantastic game, and I think now the Steelers actually have some question marks about how do we not keep this this young kid on the field. It's a good point, Brian. Who's your winner from this game? I tell you what. Um, before I do that, I wish I had a hat on so I could take my hat off to Chuk Sakorafor, who I'm tough on. <laughs> oh! And- oh! <laughs> he yeah! hates him. And Evan Johnson, who, mm-hmm. which 69 is definitely my next jersey. Um, I love Kevin Dotson. Um, but I got to tell you this. TJ Watt, when Nick Boza went down in a completely different game, became the front runner for defensive player of the year with that performance that he had today. Two and a half sacks. Um, I even thought, I thought possibly that he was going to even get more than that. He looked absolutely fantastic. He was the guy that uh, Bud was last week. And I know he's an obvious choice. There's some other really good choices, but TJ Watt is my ultimate MVP of this game. It seems like with the defense and you bring up Watt, it's it's literally an offense has to pick their poison. You're going to die either way, but you got to pick your poison. So which way do you want to die? Do you want to die with Dupree and have leave him one-on-one with a tackle? Do you want to uh, TJ Watt? I, I thought the best play was when TJ Watt, it was at, well, I don't want to wish anyone I- injury, but the, the play that Drew Locke got injured was TJ Watt gets back there, trips him up, and Dupree's right behind him and cleans up cleans it up and causes the fumble. And so it was um, TJ Watt is, yeah, you think you're right. He's probably the front runner for the defensive player. Good, Brian, you want to say something? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I just got to tell you, he almost had, I mean, that could have been a uh, three and a half sacks there. I mean, yeah. he could have had that sack there. And he Honestly, there's a good chance he falls to the ground if Bud doesn't hit him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Brian? Yeah. Is that is that he was right there. And honestly, I think it's because he was falling to the ground when Bud hit him is what caused the injury because he wasn't really protecting himself. And he took a, a pretty nice lick there and got the ball knocked out. That was that was a big play in this game. Huge play. Yeah, you guys are helping me out a lot. I'm, I'm basically getting ideas for my winners and losers. <laughs> I got another one if you don't have yours, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I have, I have some obvious players, but mm-hmm. go ahead, Dave. What's another one? Now, granted, he kind of, he kind of was gifted that, that safety, but uh, Derek. Derek Watt on special teams and Derek Watt with the safety, Derek Watt with the lead block on the 59 yard run at the end. It was, yeah, this you know every what? time he's in there, he's doing something special. I um, like that, Dave. I wrote down special teams in general. Yeah. Because Does Chase Claypool look good on special teams. Can we oh, stop yeah. and talk? Can we talk about Ray Ray McLeod? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when was the last I, I time? When was the last time the Steelers had a kickoff returner that when they got the ball in their hands and took it out of the end zone, you weren't thinking, man, we're going to start the ball with the ball at the 15 yard line? I mean, he, he looks like he could take it the distance, but it's not just him. The Steelers are actually setting up lanes for these guys. Now, Deontay Johnson, I, I said it on Twitter. I, I really like this analogy. He's kind of like trying to catch your fish, catch, catch a fish with your bare hands. It seems really easy. Oh, the fish is right there. I'm just going to catch it. He's so slippery. I mean, he pulled an Antoine Randall there at one punt return where he ran 50 yards for a positive 
five, but still, I mean, you had these guys back. I mean, this special teams is, is different now. What are your thoughts on Dustin Colquitt after two games? This has just popped in my head. I want to ask your guys take Brian. What are your thoughts on him? I'll, I'll bring up his stats as you talk. The legacy to me is, uh, you know, he is outshining even his father. This guy was a great pickup, and I really like it. I don't know what his stats are off the top of my head. Let me read them. Let me read them. But he had five punts, 209 yards, 41.8 average, one touchback inside the 20 was two. A 54 yard punt is along, but let's not. The, the highlight of his day was that great hold on the bad yes. snap by Canada. I thought it was a great handle. Um, go ahead, though, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was going to bring that up. He really he pulled that in because that could have been a missed field goal or a block or something. And I really think the professionalism, the, uh, you know, being a veteran, being around this game, he's a Super Bowl champion now. I just thought that uh, he is something very special on that special teams. And here's another guy that I don't give a lot of credit to, but Danny Smith Jr., He's doing something to earn his money. I think he lost his pictures. He lost his naked pictures and decided, man, I better do my job. There you go. I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about some of those coaches right after this break. So if you're on YouTube, stick with us. And if you're on audio platform, head over to part two. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.